Welcome back. This week on the podcast, I talk with Kayleen Neo. Kayleen is the owner and founder at Sun Bar Restaurant in Greenville, South Carolina. Sun Bar is a Chinese restaurant and it, it's, it specializes in the cuisine dim sum. It is absolutely incredible. I went there with my wife and two friends and we ordered everything on the menu. Um, you know, it was an incredible conversation learning her story and how she channeled her entrepreneurial spirit and how her path led her to opening some bar in Greenville. But honestly, I just love talking with her. And it was an open and honest conversation. There was some vulnerability in there. And she has created a place and a location in the Greenville community, something that we needed. Um, and she now holds, I think, a very special place in our community with her restaurant, Sun Bar. Another staple in the Greenville community is Spink's Convenience Stores. And like I said last week, we just started a partnership um, with the podcast with Spink's. And Stuart Spink started Spink's Convenience Stores gas stations over 50 years ago, 1972. And of course, you've probably all seen them on your street corner, or you've gotten gas there, you've picked up their biscuits. Um, but what I love the most about Spinks is what they've done the, for the community. They have donated millions of dollars to organizations like the March of Dimes or the American Cancer Society. So, of course, we all see them on the outside of incredible convenience stores, safe places to go, get your food or your gas. But what they've done... Um, behind the scenes in a lot of areas with their donations and and what they do to care about the communities is what I love most and what has been the synergy I believe with the podcast another local brand that is on a great mission um, is Rebel Rabbit Seltzers Rebel Rabbit is a seltzer company based here in Greenville South Carolina they are alcohol free but they are infused with Delta 9 THC. So if you're thinking about a smarter way to socialize, a smarter way to go out with your friends, and a healthier way to do it, Rebel Rabbit Seltzers are for you. They have a couple different levels, um, a wild hair or a mild hair. So if you've never tried it, they have something for you. Or um, if you want something a little stronger, they have something for you. But all the negative effects that come along with drinking alcohol, you will not get with the Rebel Rabbit Seltzers. You'll be able to get a good night's sleep. You're going to wake up healthy. You're going to wake up clear-minded. You're going to wake up and be able to be productive in the days following. And you know what? If you just got home from a night or got home from work and you want to kick back and have a Rebel Rabbit Seltzer if you're um, at a football game this coming fall. Um, they're perfect for those occasions. So their link is in the show notes. If you use promo code LIFE20, you'll get 20% off your order. And the link in the show notes will already have that promo code um, put in there for you. So just go to that link, order your Rebel Rabbit Seltzers and start drinking and and socializing in a healthier and smarter way. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kayleen Neo. Good morning. Thank you for coming over. I am uh, very excited to have you. And first off, I don't know if I've started an interview like this before, a conversation, but I got to thank you for bringing a restaurant like Sun Bar to Greenville, Greenville native, um, because it's something like we've never had before, and it's incredible, and I can't wait to hear your story. But first off, how's your morning going? 
Um, great. Thank you so much for having me. It's always amazing to be invited by other community members to have, you know, a very intimate, probably vulnerable conversation. Um, so thank you for doing what you do and for opening your arms to myself and the restaurant Sun Bar. Um, I'm doing great this morning. Uh, I, I know uh, as mornings sometimes go, they don't go always as planned. And being in the mm-hmm. restaurant business, that can be kind of your typical morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, we, well, this is a side note and we're just, I guess we're really diving in, but we really, really care about our people mm-hmm. at some bar and that includes mental health and physical health. And, um, I was a, a nice 32 minutes late to this <laughs> conversation, um, because we had someone who, you know, was having a little bit of a panic attack. Um, not anything specific, but sure. anyone who, does have anxiety or panic attacks, um, you know it feels like you're having a heart attack. It feels Mm -hmm. like you're dying. And as much support as you can get um, in a healthy way during it is is nice. So I just wanted to stay with them and make sure they're okay. That's that's more important than being here for this conversation. (laughs) I people might use anxiety attacks and panic attacks like maybe too casual if they haven't had them Mm -hmm. because I have had them and I need to go to the hospital because I think I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure whatever your employee was going through, they must appreciate having a boss like you or an owner like you to be there with them. I know my dad growing up, he's bailed employees out of jail. He's mm-hmm. helped with cars. He's helped with mental issues. He's helped loan money. So um, They're your family. They're you your know? family. I mean, you can't just leave. I'll be like, oh, sorry, I got to go. You figure this out. I'm going to go talk with Sam. <laughs> Just get your heart rate down and you'll be fine. <laughs> How many employees do you have? We have 40, which is a lot. It's a lot mm-hmm. for the size of our business. And I, sorry, I meant to ask you, ask you earlier if you had eaten at some bar before yes you have oh okay thank you okay thank goodness <laughs> i didn't know if these were just empty compliments or you just heard from people but okay, we that went means a lot. and ordered everything on the menu Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> we we appreciate that. And it was you and your wife. Me, why, me, my wife, and two of our best friends, okay. Trip and Olivia Wiley. They live right around the corner. They're from Greenville too. We both loved it, and uh, we did order everything on the menu. That's amazing. Thank <laughs> you. Well, so then you've seen the size of the space, and you've mm-hmm. seen, I mean, just a number of things that restaurants can give you. But yeah, forty people is a lot for um, how small our operation is, I guess. But I think it's really healthy because if people are part-time and they only want 10 hours or people want to increase or decrease their hours, we always have a good flow Mm -hmm. of people, which is good. But yeah, first time managing people in general. So 40 is a lot. And I just inherited 40 family members (laughs) like overnight it feels. That you care about deeply. It's good and bad at the same time. But I care (laughs) deeply. I really do. With, um, With the idea of some bar. How did that come to you as like, I mean, I think we all cook, we've all like prepared food, but for some people it's a passion and for you it's become a passion of yours. Where was the idea to start a restaurant? I've rehearsed this, or not rehearsed, (laughs) but I've said this so many times in different interviews, you'd think I would have it, you know, eloquently, (laughs) but basically the idea was... 2020 we're all stuck in our homes Mm -hmm. there's so much introspection and so much good and so much bad came from that year obviously 
But for me, I was very grateful for the time to be grounded and with my thoughts. And the things that I was really craving and missing, even though I was lucky enough to be with my husband um, lock, during lockdown, was community and people and just the joy of feeling like you belong, mm-hmm. um, being invited into something. And I have a very good friend, my business partner. He always said, if you ever have an idea, I'm investing in you because he invests in people, not in uh, businesses. So I really, really thought um, Greenville could use a dim sum restaurant. That that was the basic thought was if you haven't had dim sum, which I'll use the opportunity now to describe as um, it's basically Chinese brunch. It's mm-hmm. normally served as brunch and it's served small plate style um, because Chinese meals are typically family style. Everything's in the center and everyone shares. But dim sum's really nice because you have a lot more intricate, smaller items, so you can have a lot more dishes. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, you ordered one of everything, which is the perfect Maybe way to do it. Things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you order one of everything, whatever's your favorite, you get another, right? Um, and so, dim sum was always such a beautiful time with my family. We'd have to drive an hour away to mm-hmm. get it in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, so, Greenville, I was just remiss to be like, the Asian Americans here, they have to drive to Atlanta and that's a solid two hours. And I knew it could be fun. I knew it could be kind of sexy almost Mm -hmm. like bring it to light in a new way with the cocktails, the atmosphere, even like the candles and the, the blue tile that we have in there, like just make it really inviting. Thank you. Um, and, and I wanted people to try it who wouldn't normally try it. So, Mm -hmm. The dim sum spots in Atlanta are amazing. They're so delicious. But they're in your really traditional Chinese banquet halls where you could have a wedding there. You could have a you know funeral celebration. But on the weekends, they would have brunch for, uh, Saturday, Sunday. But I wanted dim sum to be the spotlight because it's yeah. so fun. It's so delicious. And it's really savory. And, and it's good to share with it's people. Good to share. It's good for the community. Yeah. And another thing is because they're small bites... It's not as intimidating. You're not ordering a whole fish and being mm-hmm. like, I don't like that. You're having one dumpling like two inches high. <laughs> being like, I could love it. I could not. But at least I only had mm-hmm. to eat one kind of thing. For the authenticity of your dishes at some bar, what research did you do or how did you kind of develop your menu? Thank you for asking because... I, the question I get all the time is, are these your family recipes? <laughs> and anyone who knows dim sum knows that you would be crazy to make these items at home. <laughs> They're so time intensive. It's kind of like if you go to a bakery and you get like a croissant and you get some like, you know, pleated dough and you're like, oh, do you make that at home? And it's like, no, I'm not making croissants at home. <laughs> it's a, you know, three day process kind of thing. Um, so there was, there's a couple items on the menu. The green beans are my grandma's. That's they are delicious. Recipe. Thank you. That's showstopper. Like that is a sleeper item. Like do not miss the green it beans. It blows my mind how good the green beans are. So I don't flavorful. understand it. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you the, the tips and tricks off, <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs> um, but other than that, a lot of the um, other items were a lot of research based. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple friends who love cooking. And so actually during 2020 um, or during the lockdown, we would Zoom and call and we'd share. Uh, we had this Google spreadsheet that just is the worst. It's not even organized <laughs> at all. It's just notes on notes on sheets. And 
we just went back and forth like, okay, you try it this way. I'll try it this way. We'll compare and then maybe we'll try it a different way. And that was so fun too. Just like keeping the mind engaged and Mm -hmm. keeping in touch with friends that way. Um, So I had a few friends help me with that. And then when it was acceptable to, you know, start seeing people again, there were so many community members that would taste test for me or keep recipe testing. Um, And that whole process really kind of solidified a lot of our things you see on the menu today. And it's not a huge menu, but it was really nice that there were so many people that played a part in it. Were you doing, you mean the taste testing? Was some of that at your pop-ups? Yeah. Well, some of it was just, here, I made this, eat it, and tell me what you think. Like, there's five iterations. Like, my husband's the worst because he'll be like, mm, it's good. And the next one, I'll be like, mm, it's good. It's <laughs> just, I need more. So, um, the recipe testing in the home also translated to our pop-ups, which yeah. was a huge privilege. Yeah, I think it sounds like um, the pop-ups kind of proved your concept to you. 100%. Yeah, it gave me a little bit more confidence with each one that the food was good and the people were there wanting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we maybe did seven or eight different breweries and then, you know, two or three restaurants and then it just started snowballing from there. Like I did catering events and just small dinners and I got so much more experience than I even thought I would before the restaurant opened. Dang. Um, but that was a huge part of that were um, a handful of people. Uh, Russell, oh no, he's on city council. I should not forget his name. <laughs> but Russell, he, he gave me my first catering gig and it was his son's um, engagement party. Very cool. And it was inside the president of the Peace Center inside her home. Just the most beautiful kitchen. I was like, what am I doing here? What is happening? Where? Well, how did I get here? And so Russell, one of my mentors um, through the chamber, um, he gave me that opportunity, which you know boosted my confidence. Yeah. And then I don't know if you know um, Sovereign, the plant store on the West oh, End. Oh, yeah, I do. AJ, great person. He recommended I speak with Nikki, who was uh, running Tacom. She was doing a Filipino pop-up in Greenville. Okay. And then she introduced me to Alex George, the owner of Golden Brown and Delicious. Wow. And he gave me my first pop-up, and now he's one of my best friends and mentors. And, like, it just... The community know, played the community. a part. Oh, my gosh. I I could go on and on about the community and how some bar is not my restaurant. It's everybody's. And But what were you doing? Weren't you working as an engineer or something along those lines? Yeah, I was still doing my full-time job during the pop-ups and when we were getting the restaurant kind of running. Um, What was your full-time job then? My background's in chemical engineering, and I just felt like I was too chatty and energetic to stay in that space. (laughs) Um, So I ended up going into technical sales or engineering sales, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of felt like consulting. Um, for hydraulic and pneumatic um, <laughs> industry, but in general, it was it taught me a lot about people. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of uh, big cities, small cities, and different foods and different ways that people express themselves in those cities. And I felt like I got a new appreciation for just the everyday person, and that was really cool. But with um with your degree, what was where did you go to school? And I know you moved around a good bit. I think after college, is that right? Yeah, I went to school in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, it's a small university called Case Western Reserve University. Um, it's a big like medical school and everything. But 
Ohio, Canton, Ohio is where I grew up. And then I only went to school an hour away, but I always felt like I wanted to be in the big city. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see the world or see, at least see the country. So my job took me to all nooks and crannies of the States, which is really cool. Um, I met my husband on a rotation in Chattanooga, Tennessee. (laughs) And then, um, once I met him two weeks later, I moved to Chicago. How'd you meet your husband? Um, I told my parents uh, at a restaurant, but it was really on Bumble, <laughs> which is really cool to say yeah. that um, it works. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's like thinking it doesn't, it does. I have a some of my best one of my best friends met his wife on Tinder, and yeah. this was like ten years ago. So. Yeah, and Tinder was a different place. Yeah, that was like old time. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how like each app has its own role too. Um, well, it's crazy. Like Hinge wasn't even a thing when we were on mm-hmm. the dating apps, but. Um, it works and it anyways, but we met on Bumble and then two weeks later I moved to Chicago. We did long distance for a year and then he got a job in Greenville. So I moved, I I didn't even move to Greenville. I moved in with him in a one bedroom (laughs) apartment and, uh, the rest is history at least relationship wise. But in Chicago, I ate so much, right? There's just so many more options in a big city, Mm -hmm. so much more diversity. Um, but I realized I'm more of a big fish, small pond because I feel like I'm drowning in a big space. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can never meet everybody there. Yeah, true. You, so many strangers that you'll never see again. And that kind of weighed on me a lot. But you don't have a sense of community, I think, a lot in the bigger cities. At yeah, times. you have to search for it or you really have to um, insert yourself mm-hmm. into one. And even then it's like. There's so many options. What which community do I do the the workout one or did I sure. do I do the reading one or arts or whatever? Um, but Greenville, such a good size as you've probably mm-hmm. felt too, where you run into people, which is a great great feeling yeah. to run into someone you know, and also you meet people. It's been wild, you know, especially in the last probably twelve years of Greenville. Um, I did move around some as well from New York to Atlanta, so mm-hmm. I never really felt comfortable in the bigger cities either because I think growing up in Greenville, I had my community of still my best friends to this day, and a lot of them a lot of them still live here, and it's a special place. I think, you know, us being from here, we say that, and people might just kind of like let it roll over, but for me, it, like I really mean it when I believe Greenville is like a special place for entrepreneurs, for people, from people right. all different walks of life. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, or I've heard you mention, you do like working out and exercise. Have you found an exercise group, or what do you do in Greenville? Oh, here, um, I my husband and I go to the Y. Okay, which is on Cleveland Street. Uh, Kane Halter. Oh is yeah, that, yeah, on, yeah, the one pretty close by. Yeah, yeah, that one's really great. But I'm realizing I don't have the time to. Or not the time, but I, I need it. I need a more regimented mm-hmm. schedule because I, I used to work out like three, four times a week and it just was so great. Or I, I used to run too, like half marathons and stuff. But now I'm, I'm pretty drained physically. Mm-hmm. So it makes more sense to sleep a little bit more. Um, but I'm it's thinking the most important about, thing you can do. It really is. Like without sleep, you, on everything else falls to the wayside. But I'm thinking about joining... Maybe a CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily CrossFit, but something that has like people keeping you accountable and like a yeah. little community also. I think that would help me a lot. I go to Seoul. I don't know if you've ever Seoul been Soul Yoga? There. Yeah. I love Seoul. That's, mm-hmm. that's a really cool um, community of people. And I do both there. I don't do yoga as much as I used to, but I do a lot of their 
like high intensity workout classes, oh, yeah. which are really hard, but they're a lot of fun. And there is a community there. Yeah, that's a good... I have um, a couple of free passes that they donated to one of our events, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I should I should cash them in and go. And it's pretty close. It's right on the trail. It is. Yeah. It's not far from you at all. Yeah, so that'd be good. But it, it helps keep everything in perspective, mm-hmm. like the mental health side of things. It just rebalances you. And there was a, a period of like, I think, five months where I just wasn't doing anything. And I could feel my you know, chemistry. Of alter. course. And I'm just now getting back into it. I kind of signed up for a trail race with a friend just to get <laughs> something on, on a schedule, you know? I think um, one side of exercise that I don't think is talked about enough is the mental health side of it. Because mm-hmm. um, for me, I think people say, oh, I want to look good or I want to like look good on the beach or whatever. I think most importantly, it helps for your mind and like your sleep and your anxiety and your stress. Like, I wish that was what was more the focus for 100%. exercise. <laughs> yeah, even just moving, mm-hmm. movement, right? Like being physical, like mobility. Um, I forget how many years it adds to your life mm-hmm. if you can stay mobile for as yeah. long as possible. Like hip mobility and ankle mobility is huge for the elderly. Um, I agree completely. And that's that's also something that I try and instill on our people at the restaurant is that we're working hard hours we're Mm -hmm. doing kind of a thankless job sometimes like we're kind of in the back and people just expect this perfect meal to come out the door but they don't know it's you know 85 degrees in the kitchen and this broke so we have to change it and we're running out of this it's just everyone is working so so hard that by the end of the night you're exhausted and i'm learning Mm -hmm. now why food and bev is such a a magnet for addiction Mm -hmm. Um, alcohol specifically is probably the worst. Um, that added to, you know, not having health benefits in most of these places, which is why I commend the restaurants that do. And that's one of our goals in the future is because you're working such a hard job to serve the community. Like you want to be a place where people go to, to celebrate and be with their family and make memories. And you're in the back, like, you have a rotting tooth that you can't yeah. get pulled because you don't have dental insurance. Mm-hmm. Like, why is That's that? The, yeah, right. And especially some of the higher end restaurants too. Like, I'm I'm not going to lie. Ours isn't the most accessible, the, the cheapest restaurant out there. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can afford some of our pricing, which maybe we'll get to. But, I mean, we're serving these high price dishes and people want to be able to, you know, get a tooth pulled or, yeah. or get therapy, you know. Um, or exercise or exercise exactly yeah. like even have that mental clarity um and motivation i guess or habit building to exercise yeah rebel rabbit is on a mission to provide a healthier and smarter way to socialize and drink their alcohol free cannabis infused seltzers are perfect for anybody just trying to kick back and relax after a hard day at work or on the golf course with your friends or hanging out at a party and you want to wake up and feel better the next day their seltzers are perfect for you they are a great alternative to alcohol as well their website is drinkrebelrabbit.com use promo code life20 you'll get 20 percent off your order that link is in the show notes but join the mission and start drinking and socializing smarter with Rebel Rabbit Seltzers. What, are you six months in? Y'all just about to be we six are, months, right? Yeah, just about six months. We're almost 
like we're finishing two or three up days or something like that. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, it's crazy. It feels like we've been doing this for years. But I feel like we're still babies. You know. Have the there been? Have there been things you've put in place with your employees, your community, to kind of help them if they need some time off or if they need to go exercise or go to the dentist? You know. Yeah. Um, great question. It's it's one of those things that it's hard to build into. Mm-hmm. I think I'm lucky enough that I was working in the corporate world for you know five years, so that I see what is possible. Mm-hmm. That's just not there for food and bev. Like I, I think I have seen both sides with my parents and grandparents owning restaurants and I've worked in a, a number of places, but melding the two would be my dream. Mm-hmm. So when we first started, the goal was to have enough employees that people could take days off if they needed to. They could go on a full week vacation if mm-hmm. they needed to, um, but not too many employees that you're not getting the hours you need. So that why you know, the 40 people sure. thing gives us the right amount for all the different positions we have. Um, eventually I'd love to add healthcare. Mm-hmm. I'd love to add, um, paid time off. That's not a thing yeah. in this industry, but to know that you're an important part of this business, we want you to enjoy, we want you to make your bills <laughs> go enjoy, you know, and with, with all these corporations that do it, there, sh- there should be a way for us to figure out how to, even if someone on the other end listening to this is like, is she dumb? Like, <laughs> like this is a low margin business. It's sure. like you're, you're comparing 0.5% to 0.2% just based on um, food waste. Yep. Or ju- it just, you know, different numbers like that, that make it really, really hard for restaurant owners to even offer things like that. Yeah. I, I always remember this line my dad would tell me he, I grew up in the restaurant business and I would need like new soccer shoes for, you know, for playing soccer or whatever it is. And I remember him one time being like, and it was after I'd grown up, like he was like, I had to sell a bunch of, you know, make a lot of sandwiches to like make that, that payment for the soccer shoes or oh, like for right. you to go travel and stuff. So for my head, you know, you think as a kid or maybe somebody else in the community, you just like go to a restaurant and like they have all this great food and, you know, things are doing, you know, really well on the outside. But like it's hard to be a real profitable business in the restaurant industry. Yeah. Some of the most famous restaurants close because they cannot make money. Mm -hmm. The the best place. And you're, you're kind of scratching your head like, why is that? And it's because you're running a small company with the limitations or sorry, you're running a large company with the limitations of actually having a small team Mm -hmm. because you need, you have operations, you have finance, you have HR, you have inventory. It's the number of suppliers and customers and even things like reservation systems and Mm -hmm. emails. It's a lot to keep up with. It's so many things. And most restaurants are owned by like two, maybe three people. Mm -hmm. I applaud your father. I applaud my parents. <laughs> I mean, and you think immigrants too that come and mm-hmm. build it up from the ground and can't speak English. It's it's a wild industry, man. With um with your childhood, you did grow up in the restaurant industry. Did you have any thoughts in your mind at a young age being like, I want to own a restaurant? Do you think that maybe where it started? Uh, my parents try to do everything in their power to make sure I never opened a restaurant. <laughs> They were like, this will not be your future because they worked 90 hours a week each. Mm-hmm. I did not see my parents. Sure. I don't know if it was the same for you. It, it, my dad worked a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, and you see, but that's the thing is you see how hard they mm-hmm. work 
And that is instilled in you as well. And not to circle back too quickly, back to the uh, mental health exercise thing with for the employees, but when they see that I'm taking care of myself, mm-hmm. they feel also empowered to do yeah. so. And I remind them to take the time and I'm trying to get a, a group gym membership that people could maybe like pop in or we could that exercise awesome. together. Yeah, I'm really trying to get the... Uh, Anytime Fitness nice. on East really Washington. Close to you. Yeah. It's right across the street. Yeah. But we'll go on walks instead of meetings and just like get everyone in that mindset of like, this is not a once a week thing. This is a lifestyle thing. What is your um, story with mental health? Like, when did it start playing a role in your life to recognize it and like talk about it? Or, um, Great question. Uh, mental health, especially in Asian families, is not really a thing. There's a lot of generational trauma, and then you tack on immigration. Mm-hmm. The burden that first generation Asian Americans have to carry is so heavy. Mm-hmm. And even therapy for me personally helps, but there's not a lot of Asian American therapists in general. So there's a lot of people or a lot of therapists that might not even understand the nuances yep. there. But in reality, for a lot of Asian American families, it's taboo. It's looked down upon. I, my parents don't know that I go to therapy. They don't know I did couples therapy for the benefit of my relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a hidden thing for most of my life. Um, not to get so deep um, and away from restaurants, but I mean, everyone has a story, right? Um, sexual assault has been one one of the topics that's really important to me because it had occurred to me when I was younger in high school and I didn't understand it. No one's talking about mm-hmm. it. You know, I can't go to my parents kind of thing. Can't go to friends really either. So you tucked it away. You, you Yeah. You survive, right? You mm-hmm. just try and figure out what to do with these thoughts and some people, everyone expresses it differently. So luckily I had a friend who I didn't tell her what was going on, but she could see and mm-hmm. we, I started going to church for her, to church with her, and I realized church wasn't for me. But for those two years that I was going, it was the community, it was the support, and it was the mental health piece that really helped get me out of that dark place. So then, once college came, and I was able to do a lot more advocacy work mm-hmm. in that space and talk about feelings and mental health, that's when a whole new world opened up for me. Yeah. So that plus, you know, body image issues and just growing up. Asian American and all, all these things that are so heavy. It's like, well, what do I do if I feel so bad? What is this called? This is called depression. This is called anxiety, (laughs) right? And naming it always helps Mm -hmm. in in my opinion. So sorry, that was a long, no, and opening up about it. Like it's got to feel like a, you know, a dang 10 pound, 10 ton rock was lifted off your shoulders when you started to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. And then it's so beautiful. And I've always said if I were to ever do a TED Talk, I, the topic would be leading leading with vulnerability and how it can save your life. Mm-hmm. Because that's essentially what it did for me. Where there are these college events where they're open mic and there's maybe 100 people sitting. And the whole point of the event is to share your story. And at the beginning, you know, two, three minutes passes. It's so awkward. It's so quiet. <laughs> the first person who goes up there brave enough the second person goes Mm -hmm. and then the third and then it's a if the someone turns the faucet and you get dozens of people sharing their story just because one brave person did 
And then the more you share it, the more it doesn't own you and the more you own your story. It just, I could talk, I could tell you anything you wanted to because none of it scares me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I know sexual assault is a really difficult topic and I apologize for not giving a trigger warning. No, it's fine. But it's, it's one of those things that the more we talk about it, the, the better we'll all be mm-hmm. similar to mental health. I mean, that just came to the forefront. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just a couple of years ago. Seriously. Yeah. And you talked about like stereotypes or like, uh, families, you know, not wanting to talk about emotions mm-hmm. or feelings. Like, I just feel like in general, that has been like our parents' generation. A lot of times, like I know my dad's side of the family, they didn't talk about it. Yeah. No, you, know? <laughs> you would, you would sooner get like a, a smack than you would like get a talk about feelings and I, I think a lot of people can relate to that mm-hmm. too like our generation versus the older and even versus the younger yeah now that they have certain access and resources that you know there's we had none of that mm-hmm. and we had to figure it out ourselves so it's just nice to even have like outlets to be able to talk about it well it's also very relatable for people that need to hear it so like 100%. whoever it might be that needs to hear it whether they're going through you know they've been sexually uh, accused or assaulted mm-hmm. or they've been mm-hmm. any type of thing and they hear a story like yours or somebody talk about it like dang Kayleen went through it like she's doing great maybe <laughs> I can be great right exactly <laughs> or or maybe I can tell someone or I can tell my story mm-hmm. and it not define me and weigh me down but I would have never thought during that time that I'd be here openly talking about it and yeah. it's just so cool to feel like I conquered it yeah and you're right. People sharing empowers other people to feel like they can feel better. And not yeah. I tell this story stuff. sometimes. I was, I kind of started this podcast because of stories I heard when I was depressed, when I was going through addiction issues that these people I had looked up to also went through mm-hmm. very similar things I was going through. And I never really knew it or thought about it, but it was like these athletes and these movie stars and like these people. And I was like, dang, they went through addiction. They went through mental health. Practically everyone. Like, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. Like little me, Kaylin, mm-hmm. can, yeah. And I agree. I, I've had people that I've looked up to too that re- reveal some of their history. Mm-hmm. And that changes the world. Yeah. Like not to get so sappy. <laughs> I'm all about sharing and just, especially in this day and age where we're so much on our tech, mm-hmm. the sharing is is one version of you but the real version of you can only come out when you're having these Mm -hmm. experiences and and conversations which is great and it has been more open i think in recent years but you do i still think there's such a huge thing with mental or with social media Mm -hmm. and mental health and people trying to live up to what they see on social media when we all know that's not really what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And even the accounts that are like, I meditate every day. I eat a balanced meal. I'm so, (laughs) I'm working on my spiritual and mental health. Even that is harmful and can be shameful for Mm -hmm. people who aren't there yet. So it's a a catch 22 really with this technology. With, um, with your mental health and with, uh, opening a restaurant, like there has to be super stressful times and you have to be working 90 hours a week you know like insane hours how are you doing now you're six months in like how do you feel personally i really appreciate that question i think it's a roller coaster for sure where some days i feel the utmost fulfillment with the restaurant and my people and what we've done so far and i feel healthy Mm -hmm. and i've gotten sleep (laughs) and then there are some days where you know the confidence is so low and i'm 
really, really anxious and I'm depriving myself of sleep and doing all the unhealthy habits like counting calories and you know you can tell when you're going down that slippery slope mm-hmm. again right so it really is a roller coaster and back to the working out thing <laughs> that really keeps it balanced at least if I can get out there like once a week or twice a week like I can really feel it readjust my my compass that is my biggest I call it non-negotiable mm. I have to work out Yeah, I love that because, but the problem I feel with working out too is a lot of times you have to do all the unhealthy things with that world until you, before you get to the healthy mm -hmm. relationship with it. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of people have similar stories with that. My sister does. She was, uh, she had an eating disorder and an exercise disorder. I forgot Mm -hmm. the exact term, but she would over-exercise and also have an eating disorder. Right. And she found herself in the hospital in college. And she talks about it a lot. She's, that was like 17 years ago now. Um, But there is a balance with that too. And I I went through the same thing. I was not hospitalized, but Mm -hmm. I mean, so many people can relate to body image issues, right? And to the extent of where that leads you is, you know, everyone's story. Mine personally was, eating disorder, over-exercising, and just making it my identity Mm -hmm. to be about changing my body. And through all the fads of like the keto and all those things, like I learned so much. (laughs) There is, and they're so bad, especially on these kids who have access to like, oh, I'm going to try keto because I saw Gwyneth Paltrow, I don't know, someone (laughs) trying keto. Um, But I I can feel that in my employees. I have a lot of younger folks so we actually have five high schoolers and then we have most of our people are under 30 and I'm not saying that I'm the mom or the wisest or the you know anything but I I just can hear these body shaming phrases and Mm -hmm. I can hear these um, talks on about how they talk about alcohol and different things and I'm just trying to create a culture within the restaurant because like you said you spend your life there basically and if you if if I'm not setting a good example I know that my people who are looking up to me they're going to take bits and pieces Mm -hmm. so the healthier I can be the healthier I I can see them becoming too Mm -hmm. and it's just a really beautiful thing it it takes a lot for all of us to you know stay healthy (laughs) but at least we're trending in the right direction if a community is there to help support each other then I feel like the percentage of it being a success or for people moving in the right direction is incredibly higher Mm -hmm. than if you were trying to do it alone oh oh exactly yeah and especially we just keep going back to working out working out (laughs) having an accountability buddy changes the game Mm -hmm. but same with mental health and same with you know almost anything else like goal setting is having someone to help you do you have any goals with the restaurant um we we do right now. It feels like we're still, you know, we just took off our training wheels. Yeah, we're we're still trying to find our identity as well. But yeah, we have a good amount of goals. Um, we'd really like to have reoccurring events on the property, mm-hmm. community events, and so far we've done 
two, if not three. Your um, grand opening event was incredible. Grand opening. Thank you. Thank you. That was um, grand opening Lunar New Year Festival gave, I think, a lot of people a way to celebrate mm-hmm. the Lunar New Year, which isn't really talked about in, you know, Greenville. Um, and that was a huge fun event with food and dancing and DJs and late mm-hmm. night and everything. And people made some memories, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of kind words from that. Um, we did an AAPI month festival um, just a month ago. We started a nonprofit for that actually. Very cool. Um, so that we could get donations. And I think that'll keep growing where, you know, companies that want to contribute financially have a place <laughs> to put their money, um, at least for the AAPI community. But we're also hosting Love Fest. So it started off as a wedding expo, like a wedding convention for queer affirming businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so for anyone looking for, you know, a safe place to find a caterer or a florist or something, people who won't turn them away, even like religious uh, priests or anyone to um, help with the wedding, like they, they need to know where are safe places for them. Got it. Um, so it started off as that and then it turned into like a holistic, like, healthy relationships and that that's both love relationships and friendships and working with different community members who have different ideas on like even role-playing um boundaries Mm -hmm. and how to break up with someone in a healthy way how to not ghost people Um, people need to learn that yeah seriously (laughs) both in relationships and in friendships yeah you're right right. so or with the employee relationships oh my gosh leaving a a job or something That's wow, we've leveled up. Love Fest (laughs) is just another step up, but yeah, so it just turned into this big um celebration of love and relationships, and that'll be in September. And once we get more details out there, we'll I'll send you the date, but yeah, we'll be there. So, so goal would be to keep doing these community events and just letting people know that our space we're already renting it from Mm -hmm. Mr. David Stone, that's right, and family, but. We're already renting it, so let's use it. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to host a book club, if you want to host a birthday party, like, if we're not open, you're welcome to use it, and let's work together. Do y'all have, like, a coffee shop there sometimes? Yeah, we do. Have you been? My wife has. Oh, does she? She loved it. It's so great. So, Jeremiah, he's a Greenville native who, kind of like you, moved to LA for some time or he moved to LA or Atlanta and then LA and then recently came back and there's so much goodness to be had for people who come back mm-hmm. it feels like because you you know you want the best for Greenville and you're also bringing in outside ideas which is great um he runs coffee coffee and yeah, that coffee coffee, coffee like coffee's it. the name yeah it's so cute um he does a great job it's amazing coffee and he's trying to build a community as well he plays records Throughout the day, he is very intentional about the conversations and even the feel of all the glasses that he uses. So very that's cool. been a great friendship. And he's kind of been a mentor of mine as well. He owns a record label. He was like on a track to become like the head of Warner Brothers or something. <laughs> like just big, you know, talent. And he decided to start a record label that actually supported the artists mm-hmm. without stripping them of their dignity. And now he's in Greenville trying to do, you know, really great coffee things and start conversations about food and Bev. And him and I talk a lot about philosophy. Very so we're cool. trying to start a little philosophy talk <laughs> or something. But. What, um, what, what, have your, what is your take of the Asian community in Greenville? 
We are here and we are looking for ways to connect mm -hmm. because we see each other and everyone might have their little pockets. And it, it took my husband and I a long, long time to find other Asian friends. Not mm -hmm. that that was the main goal. We have a lot of different friends sure. of different ethnicities. But in general, it's like you see someone at Costco and you want to be like, hey, you look cool. I like your shoes. Do you want to be friends? But that's not a thing these days. And adult friendships are hard enough as it is. Mm -hmm. um, but it feels like if you are from here, you have maybe some Asian families that you can lean on and have your own community. The Vietnamese community here is really tight-knit. They have a whole temple and they have their own traditions and parties. Um, but for someone like me who came from a different city, our restaurant has been a place that we've heard a lot of people say, like, thank you for bringing mm -hmm. this. And That's how I started this. <laughs> What's that? That's how I started the interview, the conversation. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, mm, yeah. Which is thank you. And the amount of thank yous that we hear is, it, it really keeps you going. Mm -hmm. Because you can tell that you're making an impact, whether it's, like a couple employees saying that they were really in a bad, you know, deep depression mm -hmm. and then the, the restaurant kind of lifted them or Asian Americans or immigrants saying like, thank you. I, I have children. I thought that I would never get to show them dim sum without going to Atlanta mm -hmm. or people who don't feel like they belong. I have a couple of adopted, um, teenagers who are Asian and they've kind of shared what it feels like being Asian in Greenville, you know, in a lot of white schools yeah. or white spaces. Um, and the the next, the other layer of being adopted, something I can't relate to, but I understand what it feels like to be the minority, like the type of candid conversations there. And just, it just, the list goes on and on, mm -hmm. you know, even queer folks that come and they just feel like it's an inviting space. Like mm -hmm. that's huge. You know, we really can make such a difference in such small ways yeah. and that rippling effect. So I forget your, Oh, your original question. What's it like being Asian here? Or like it, the Asian community in green, but I didn't know I was interested in like what you would say about it. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's not, it's not the unhealthiest and it's not the healthiest, but okay. there's not a lot of Asians in Greenville. I th when I was doing my market research, it was, um, I think it was 2.6%. Either 2 yeah, 2.6. And that's that's low, right? But Greenville's greater upstate is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um there's not a lot of us, but you obviously see Asian people around. It's more so how safe do the Asians feel here? Yeah. And I, I think personally, I feel pretty safe. I, I think microaggressions are really strong here. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you'd like, we could talk about microaggressions, but the actual racism and the hate, the Asian hate isn't, it doesn't feel at least as strong here in my experience mm -hmm. as maybe some other places and some other small towns because Greenville feels like a nice, happy medium of, you know, you know, old, you're not old, but traditional values and also like progressive mm -hmm. ideas and, or progressive food at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the it's a community that is waiting to to come out, and so that that's what I think we're doing is slowly chipping away at it and letting us come together. Yeah, me and my mom were talking 
we just got back from vacation and we were she was saying that you know we have gay or queer friends and like we hope they feel safe in greenville Mm -hmm. like we think they do you know what i mean but like how would how do i really know if they do right and it's Um, kind of like unless you're in it or it's hard to say actively in it because what are you going to do like call up a bunch of people and be like, can I be a part of your community? You know, but as long as everyone's ears are open to hearing others' experiences, I think that's the best way Mm -hmm. to keep that mindset open. But also, you know, supporting your minority-owned businesses really helps. And I think, you know, AJ, who owns Sovereign, and Joe, who owns Modal, like they are queer-owned businesses that open their doors in a very public way. And so those are such safe spaces for people. Yeah. And in the same way, some bar, like we open our doors to every type of person, but it feels like specifically the Asian community, the queer community, um, those folks come and feel really welcomed and everyone should feel welcomed, but there's not, there's not always a welcoming presence off the bat in, in some spaces, if that makes sense. Engineered Sleep makes the best mattresses out there. Sleep is the number one thing you can focus on right now to better your performance on a daily basis, and you might as well be sleeping on an Engineered Sleep mattress. Like I said, their products are the best, and their customer service is second to none. Their website is engineeredsleep.com. If you use promo code LIVE15, you'll get 15% off your order. So if you or someone you know is looking for a new mattress, reach out to the team at Engineered Sleep, and they'll hook you up. Again, their website is engineeredsleep.com. Use promo code LIVE15 to get 15% off your order. Have you noticed, did you experience any negative outbursts or actions with Sunbar opening? I think for me personally, or for Sunbar specifically, Dim Sum, it wasn't, we don't want this here. It was never that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was more microaggressions where you know someone microaggressions for me being female or young or asian so there was a lot of like (laughs) doubt in me and that was kind of tough Mm -hmm. but the microaggressions on some of our people and the food was it was getting really frustrating it was getting really old it was like a record of like um are you going to have sweet and sour chicken Mm -hmm. or like, uh, shoot, I can't even think of the, the old ones, at least when we were first starting out or people just being like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you should rethink this. Like people here really prefer a different type of food. Interesting. Um, I do think green was a great place for food in general, like different cultures of food. Yeah, we are. It's surprising. Like Ariana, the Afghan place, if mm-hmm. you've had that. I haven't. You would love it. It is spectacular. <laughs> um, little spots like that. Not little, but, you know, really gems like mm-hmm. that. And Maria's drop-in kitchen and just a lot of the investments that have been made into Greenville. I agree. It's like we're definitely trending in the right direction. <laughs> With the restaurant industry, there's all... There's always this side that I feel like people don't see. And it's where are you sourcing your food? How are you getting the ingredients? How are you prepping your food? For you, I've heard you describe it as it's something that I hadn't really heard before. It takes days. It takes 
you know, multiple people, like you said, um, what is the prep for a week of food at Sunbar? Oh, it's a long week. It feels like <laughs> every week is kind of a struggle. And then once the week's over on Sunday, we're like, relax. But then, oh no, it's Monday. We got to get ready again. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, dim sum is so labor intensive because you're doing all these small items and you're doing, we're at the point where we're doing thousands of them. Yeah. So. And most of it with your hands. Exactly. Most of it with your hands. And my mom's like, why don't you just buy some frozen stuff? And I'm like, that defeats the whole purpose. We are not going to do that. And then people will send me videos of like different machines. That's what I was wondering if there's any type of like machine. <laughs> like shortcuts. Yeah. But you can tell, I mean, at least I can tell when something's been handmade versus mm-hmm. maybe purchased. But yeah. So our week starts off Monday. We do a deep clean of the kitchen um, and we start prepping all of our fillings. Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday are the days where our dumpling team. So we have 18 people on dumpling team and all they do is fold dumplings. They have five different tasks and all five <laughs> of those are labor intensive items. So I don't know if you tried the shrimp toast. Oh yeah. You came. One of my favorite things. Really? Okay, yeah. good. I'm glad. <laughs> the shrimp toast is basically just a piece of white bread and we spread our house shrimp paste on it. And mm-hmm. the shrimp paste is very savory and it has a lot of cilantro and white pepper and, um, I, it could have been my favorite item, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Oh, thank you. The The menu is cool, too, because it feels like everyone has their own favorite. Mm-hmm. So it, like, it's a good combination of things. The it's crab my... rangoo? Yeah. Like nachos kind of thing? Mm-hmm. That yeah. one's new. That one's a twist. But my husband's favorite is the shrimp toast also. <laughs> um, so they're just spreading the paste on the bread and dipping it into a bed of sesame seeds. Mm-hmm. That, just, that just takes time, right? That's like a 30-second per thing. But... Shumai, the shrimp and pork dumpling, one dumpling probably takes everyone like at least 30 seconds and we have to make 2,000 a week. So, you know, 2,000 times 30 seconds, how many minutes, how many hours, (laughs) how many people, and it's pretty tedious too. Yeah. So anyways, we prep Monday through Thursday, raw ingredients. Dumpling team at the same time is doing dumpling making Tuesday through Thursday. And then we're open Thursday through Sunday where there's kitchen prep and cocktail prep that happens you know two three hours before we open Mm -hmm. so it's just a continuous like one team making stuff for the next team which is making stuff for the next team Mm -hmm. because our dumplings once they're folded they're frozen fresh they're not cooked they're just frozen and then we um, prepare them for service fresh so we either steam boil or fry those individual items the problem is we're never, we can never be packed. We can't make dumplings for week one and week two. Mm-hmm. We have to make it fresh every week because of storage space. <laughs> because those frozen dumplings could last for up to four weeks. Okay. But we make everything fresh every week, you know, just so that we know how fresh it is and because we don't have the space. But <laughs> so. With, um, with uh, your normal customer. How, like, how much do you see them ordering? You know, do you see them trying a lot of new stuff? And also, do you see, I don't know the correct way to say this, but like a lot of white folks coming in. Do you see like people really coming in to try, mm-hmm. try, I think, more authentic Chinese food? Yeah, the demographics have really surprised me. Um, it's mostly people who haven't had dim sum or maybe have had it before, but they're not 
Chinese. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is most, I think we have a lot of, we have a lot of white customers, mostly above the age of 25. Like I think our demographic is like 25 to 50 feels like okay. our sweet spot. Um, and I think we have a lot of white customers, but not because that's who's wanting to come, but just mm -hmm. that's the makeup of Greenville. <laughs> but we see a lot of diversity. I'm always so thrilled to see people of all races, genders, sexes, ethnicities, and they're, it, they all seem to enjoy it for mm -hmm. their own different reasons. And I will say that our team is very diverse also, so it's really nice to see you know, the people that you're serving who look like you or the people who are serving you look like you. And you can just feel that sense of like ease. Mm -hmm. It's so nice. I don't know how to explain it without Comfort. sounding like, yeah. yeah, it's not like, you know, I'm Chinese and I go and I have a white server and I'm like feeling on edge. It's not like that at all. <laughs> it's just like if I have a Chinese server, there's a, there's a sense of like, hello. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's only because we don't, have as much diversity here that it, it, it feels like a distinction. Yeah, sure. If that makes sense. With um <clears throat> with your husband, how does he uh I mean obviously he's, he better be supporting you, right? Yeah. <laughs> how does he feel about, you know, you owning a restaurant and like how is he supporting you? It's a long journey. And I talked about that <laughs> couples therapy because I knew our life would never be the same, right? Mm -hmm. It's the time, it's the energy, it's the stress. He at first was against it and my parents offered to pay me money not to do it. Really? Because they just didn't want that burden for me. Mm -hmm. They're like, you have an education. Why, why not use it? Why not get benefits and mm -hmm. all these things? And luckily my husband has a stable job that I felt safe enough to even venture into something like this. But mm -hmm. he is, he's his risk tolerance is a lot lower than mine. <laughs> I'm like a, I'll jump off a cliff yeah. in a lake kind of thing because it, I just want, I just want to experience yep. it. Um, and what's funny is recently through all this therapy, we've discovered that he does have OCD and I have ADHD and those two <laughs> combined make such an interesting combination. But for some reason, you know, opposites attract yep. as you might know in your life, but they sure do. Yeah. <laughs> like, and everyone else in a relationship, it's like, why do we do this? But it's because we, we admire so much the qualities that they have that mm -hmm. maybe we don't, or we learn from each other and make a really good team. Yeah. But his OCD, my ADHD combining actually makes the best team <laughs> to run a restaurant. <laughs> and we didn't realize it until like a month ago, he's really been in charge of the finances and bookkeeping and mm -hmm. even like putting people into payroll and um, updating those more admin tasks. He's really good at that. And I'm more on the creative side. Where are we going in one year and five years? What food are we going to What food are we going to order? What are we going to make our relationships building? Like that's so important to yeah. me too, the relationship side of things. But we make a really good team now. So it was him supporting me for a while. And then we realized with him in it, mm -hmm. it's so much better for yeah. us. We get to do it together. Better as a teammate. Exactly. Do you have any, um, <clears throat> you said your, your family offered to pay you not to do yeah. it. But do you have a feeling of like pride to represent your family and your culture? And I guess in a lot of ways, the most authentic way with the food. 
Yeah, I love that question. I really do. I think a lot of the things we do sometimes are for our parents, <laughs> if whether we know it or not. Sure. And I've always wanted to show, specifically my mom and my grandma, they're the hearts of their their respective communities. Mm-hmm. They've done so much for people in our family. And I just want to show my mom that this is a respectable job. This is a respectable career. And I can start a restaurant where I don't have to work 90 hours. Mm-hmm. Like I, we can put systems in place where it could run on its own and I can be proud of it and also enjoy life versus she thinks that I'm going to waste my life. Mm-hmm. And it, as any other business owner can understand, like y- you care, right? Yeah. Otherwise you'd stop. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the passion behind it. Like mm-hmm. the, if you love what you do, it's much different than maybe pursuing your degree and like not mm. fully loving what you were doing. Hundred percent, yeah. And I know that <clears throat> they're, I know that they're proud. I think they they worry that I'm living the same life that they are, but I try to ensure them that I'm not. <laughs> and I'm I'm really proud of what we've built too, and I'm mm-hmm. so proud of my people. And they have goals and dreams. And like I said, they're they're young. Like I yeah. have a 24 year old and a 25 year old, and they both want to open their own restaurants. I'm like, wow, what can we do to make you successful yeah. in the future? So there's a lot of pride involved. Like I'm proud so much so. But the other thing is, you know, being first generation, there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to make their immigration here worth it. So they're coming here to give us a better life. So why would I choose something that makes my life harder? Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a lot of <clears throat> di- discovery there. But my mom and I have really mended our relationship since I started because I can understand her so much more and she can relate to me. And even though the language barrier still exists slightly, um, we have a new love for each other. Have they visited? Yeah, they have. They haven't eaten here, um, inside, but they, they were here for the grand opening and they're here to help. Um, but we'll, we'll get them in (laughs) soon. Yeah. With, um, with what's next? What uh? What should the community look out for? What's, you know, obviously you have some events, which I'm excited. I'm going to make sure I'm invited to the next mm-hmm. one. <laughs> for sure. But what do you have going on or what's next? Yeah, we have so many ideas. We try not to put them out there too soon just because we don't want to um, let people down, mm-hmm. I guess. But some of the things on there would be the community events, continuing goes, Dumpling making classes is really fun, cool, healthy thing to do with friends and family and loved ones. Um, more private events. Uh, we've done like a wedding reception and a lot of in between like baby showers and uh, things like that. But all that being like our gen, our our core. That mm-hmm. would be the stuff that we want to continue doing all the time. Yeah. yeah. Future part of the business, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Future things would be either a, another location, but maybe a different concept. Because I realize I really love serving Chinese food, and dim sum is separate from Chinese food mm-hmm. because there's like a definition to dim sum. There are certain items that are dim sum, and there are certain items that are not. Like mm-hmm. a, a whole steamed fish is not dim sum, but anyways, another concept would be really amazing, or another sum bar, but in a different location. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a dream for my business partner at least what is the um other side of authentic chinese food 
Oh gosh, there's so much to be tapped into. Um, it is so when you look at our menu, mm-hmm. the the dim sum menu is mostly dim sum items, um, maybe slight variations, and then the starter menu, it's they're not actually starters; they're just items that mm-hmm. aren't traditionally dim sum. So like the green beans, the um, cucumber salad. What's the other one? There's the crab rangoon and the soup. So sometimes we have congee and we'll have different toppings like pork belly or pork floss, um, different pickled items. Like the starters menu is our reach to try and do more Chinese items. Yeah. (laughs) But the Chinese food is a lot more like different pork, beef, and chicken dishes that aren't what you've seen Mm -hmm. in, you know, pf changs or panda express sure you know there's so many vegetables and flavors and sauces and they're really things that people are used to like mm-hmm. you, people are really at this point they understand soy sauce sesame oil rice vinegar these are all the basic components of chinese cooking and then you have like your fresh vegetables like mm-hmm. your eggplant and zucchini and broccoli and cauliflower and tomatoes and it's just People are going to love it. They just need a chance to have it in front of them. And I think the Chinese restaurants we have now, like Asia Pacific and the Orient on Main, Mm -hmm. they have authentic dishes woven into their American Chinese dishes as well. Um, It's just that I don't think people know where to start. Yeah. And if we. That's where I would be. Yeah. Like you don't want to ask and sound like. I don't want to offend anybody. Right. Exactly. But you also want to be invited Mm -hmm. to the table so for us to do more chinese dishes is a really easy way for people to be introduced to sure and you would think another concept would be maybe some dim sum but some of those other chinese authentic yeah or maybe just chinese yeah yeah or you know just keeping it separate and um having them stand alone or i don't know there's so many niche things in chinese food too that like you could have a whole business just for congee which mm-hmm. is the rice porridge you could have a delicious whole, yeah. yeah you could have a whole business just on noodles fried rice like anything like good fried rice oh my gosh i have to make everyone good fried rice. that is like <laughs> my mission because when you have good fried rice with all like the amazing savory crispy components in it you just feel like a warm hug yeah so with um as we wrap up with your message to it could be another Asian community member or just the Greenville community as a whole to some of your employees, like what is your kind of message um, as you're six months in to your um, adventure in Sunbar? So many, so many messages. How <laughs> many can we have? Um, I would say one for restaurants specifically is if you've never worked in a restaurant please try and give the places you visit and the people who serve you as much grace as possible because Mm -hmm. when you've worked in a restaurant, you see how hard it is and how hard people work and how much they care. So to be so quickly judged by someone who hasn't worked in the industry is really hard because Mm -hmm. they all our people want to do is to give you a good experience. And if you come in and you assume the worst that is really difficult for us Mm -hmm. to keep a happy face on um and also reviews really affect small businesses go and take 10 minutes and give five stars to your favorite places like modal golden brown and delicious 
Swanson's Warehouse. You know, just give them some five stars because that really helps the business in general. It does, yeah. And offsets the unfair one-star reviews when they say, oh, we came and they were closed. Well, ma'am, they were closed. So (laughs) I don't think they deserved one star. Um, That's the restaurant side of things. Um, For Greenville as a whole, just thank you for opening up your arms to us. And it's been 98% love. Mm -hmm. And that's just so amazing. Keep, Keep that open mindset open. And there's a lot of growth here, which seems scary, but... As long as we're doing it intentionally and we're supporting the small businesses, we're supporting the people here, mm-hmm. I think we'll be in a really good place, you know, in five, ten years versus only visiting the chain restaurants yeah. and the and the big hotel corporations. Um, and then for the Asian side of things, um, we are the, – the nonprofit that we started, Third Culture GVL, is specifically to form a sense of community and safety and networking, really – some of them are professional groups. Some of them can be um, advocacy for Asian hate, but ours is a lot more just let's find each other, let's support each other, mm-hmm. let's increase our mental health awareness, and and then let's share with the community. And how do we do that? Let's do it over food. Let's do it over karaoke. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, third culture GVL is a really good way to do that. We have some really fun things planned um, over the next year as well for that. Well, Kayleen, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure to hear your story. And um, like I started it, thank you for opening Sunbar in Greenville. Um, it's been one of the more talked about, I think, openings out of my friend group because we knew it was needed. And thank you were the you. one to bring it here. I so appreciate that. Thank you for your conversations. Also, I don't know how taboo it is for me to say this, but thank you for being able to say the word white and white people. Okay. Because I think that is one of the easiest ways to connect with minorities is to be able to understand that you are Sam, you're a person, you are white. And that's not a that's not a hidden thing. That mm-hmm. that that's what you you know, that's what you are. I'm Chinese. That means so much in a conversation to a minority person by just saying my whiteness or white people. That makes someone feel so much safer. And I don't know if enough people know how much it means when people understand that whiteness is a thing. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you so so much. much. Thank you for listening. Give our partners some love by visiting their links in the show notes. Spink's Convenience Stores, you can find the location nearest you. Rebel Rabbit Seltzers, they're on a mission to socialize healthier and smarter. So join the mission. And Engineered Sleep, making the best mattresses in the game. You might as well be sleeping on an Engineered Sleep mattress. For me, if you could give our show a five-star rating on your listening platform, that'd be greatly appreciated. And thank you so much for listening.